0: Experience the feeling of powder floating up to your goggles. Take in a sweeping panoramic view from atop a mountain ridgeline. Feel the thrill of laying an edge on perfect corduroy and arcing a sweeping turn. Relax in front of a crackling fireplace at the end of a great day on the mountain. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective, the podcast series that takes you on a journey to the dream destinations included on the Mountain Collective Pass. Each episode will take you on a collective trek, visiting two or more resorts, giving you local insights into how to maximize your Mountain Collective Pass, and to explore some of the sport's most exhilarating destinations. Check it out today at mountaincollective.com. Now join us on a collective trek with our local guides on Inside the Mountain Collective. So your ski gear is tuned and ready. You have trail maps queued up on your screen. Your Mountain Collective passes are on the desk. All you need now is some inspiration and an airline ticket. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective. I'm your host, Tom Kelly, ready to take you on a collective trek to some of the world's greatest ski resorts. Today we have a special treat, and I'm about ready to book a ticket myself into Calgary or Kamloops. In an earlier episode, we took you to Banff Sunshine and Lake Louise in the Canadian Rockies, just west of Calgary. Today, we're heading west from Banff and Lake Louise into British Columbia for an unforgettable experience. First, we'll head to Panorama Mountain, a stunning resort in the Purcell Mountains of southeastern British Columbia. There, Canadian ski cross athlete Courtney Holfus and Panorama Local will give us a mountain tour of that amazing resort. Next, it's on to Revelstoke Mountain Resort, nestled in the Selkirks, for a crazy but fun outing with longtime local Chris Pawlitski. One thing for sure, Chris loves this mountain. Then we'll wrap it up with an Olympic champion, none other than Nancy Green Rain, who will guide us around her mountain at Sun Peaks. Three resorts you've dreamed about and seen in the ski films, six days skiing on the Mountain Collective Pass, and tack on Lake Louise and Banff Sunshine on the front end to build a fabulous collective trek. And after sun peaks, it's just a 45 minute drive to Kamloops Airport for the trip home. Now to maximize your planning value here, put the trail maps up on your screen to follow along with our mountain guides. Without further ado, let's head to the mountain. Our first stop is Panorama Mountain Resort with local Courtney Hofus. And today we are in Panorama Resort in British Columbia. And with us is ski cross athlete and a young lady who grew up on the mountain, Courtney Hofus And Courtney, thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective.
1: Of course, thanks for having me.
0: Now you I, I before we get to talk about panorama you compete as an athlete in one of the coolest sports uh of ski cross uh, where you're risking literally life and limb going over bumps and mm-hmm. jumps and banks and uh tell us a little bit about how did you get into that sport
1: Uh so coming from an alpine background I've always been into racing and like obviously competitive um but I did a ski cross camp to just give it a go um a lot of my teammates were, uh, one year younger than me. So they were able to compete at this youth Olympic games. And so we all went to this camp and I was the only one that really actually kind of fell in love with the sport. I think racing against three other people at the same time with features and jumps, it just gave that really, you know, sense of competitiveness when you're racing right next to someone. Um, and i just love that and i loved the the challenge of the different features and it was just so much fun for me so i made the switch and i never looked back
0: well let's talk about panorama now you grew up nearby and as a young girl that was your skiing home what were the early things that you really loved about panorama when you were growing up there
1: uh, well i mean first off it was the easiest to kind of get there like we'd i'd go every single weekend it was a 20 minute drive and you know, fall asleep on the way up, fall asleep on the way down. And it was, (laughs) it was just a fun place that I would have like basically every single weekend. And, um, just skiing, like when we, when I was young, I just did normal lessons, wasn't really race focused, but just made us all really good skiers. And it made us really love the sport.
0: You know, I think as skiers, we think about the resorts in the Canadian Rockies and we think of these majestic views, these these alpine peaks. How would you characterize kind of the culture and the feel of Panorama to you as a ski area?
1: Well, I mean, Panorama is just a beautiful resort. If it's not an awesome powder day, you're going to get just absolute blue skies. That's what I think of pretty much all the time. Um, I've been pretty spoiled, I think, growing up, and you know, just getting used to it being <laughs> a bluebird day. like that was that was just the norm. And sunny, sparkly snow, it's just the, yeah, it's just an awesome hill for that. And I can think of one particular view at the very top, um, and it's called View of a Thousand Peaks. And I think that's pretty much exactly what you get. The entire way down. You see just mountains on mountains on mountains. It's beautiful. And you can ski the whole run and you see it almost the whole way down.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. I think that's what the the, the vision is for those of us that that dream of skiing up in the Canadian Rockies. As, as a young girl skiing there, did you grow to appreciate that majestic view you got at Panorama?
1: Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it set the bar high for <laughs> all the other places that I went. Yeah, it was, uh, it's a beautiful resort, and there's views kind of everywhere you go. So it, it, I mean, I didn't take advantage of it, but it's, uh, yeah, it was beautiful.
0: So let's give folks a little bit of a mountain tour. Uh, if you've got somebody coming to town, they're an intermediate to an advanced skier, what are you going to do on day one? Where are you going to take them on the mountain?
1: I think first run, you got to go all the way up to the top and hit Taton Bowl, which is probably some of the best skiing because it doesn't get touched as much as the other places. Um, I like B first as well as just Heli High because Heli High, you don't need to hike at all. You can sort of just go right in and it's pretty much great skiing because it funnels into sort of one run, but you can go all around the top of it. Um, Another run I think that would be awesome for most skiers but especially fun if you're more on the expert end is Trigger and then you kind of go in and out of the trees and then you drop into this little area called Elmo and it's just open and quite steep so if they have a little bit of powder you really just get a great sense you feel like you feel like an awesome skier (laughs) and that's what everybody wants to feel.
0: For those listeners who are following along with their panorama trail map in front of them, I'm looking at Tainton Bowl right now. So how do you, I mean, there are some amazing runs through there. It just looks so inviting. How do you exit and how do you do laps? Is it possible to make an easy circuit and get back to the top and do another run?
1: So that's the one thing about Tainton Bowl is that it does bring you all the way to the bottom. But it's a super long run, like you can ski for 45 minutes without having to get on a chair again.
0: Now, I'm looking at, to the, the main face of the mountain, uh, Tainton Bowl being a little bit on the back or the side of the mm-hmm. mountain. Can you talk to us about the front face of the mountain a little bit? You know, some of the runs that are coming off the, uh, uh, the, the lower lifts and actually all the way up to the top of Panorama Mountain. What do we have on the front face that would be, be fun for, for people in their introduction to Panorama?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, so I really like top of the world if you like bumps Um, it's right on the front of the mountain and you can lap the top so if you just want to do a quick you know maybe a warm-up run but you don't want to go all the way down to the bottom um, top of the world is a great run as well as all in the trees there there's some good ones Uh, tree time or Roy's run they're all really good
0: so you're a world-class skier. You compete on the uh, World Cup Tour for Ski Cross. And when you're just up in the mountain and you're by yourself, what are some of the runs that you like to hit that really challenge you?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think anything, if you bring a certain intensity, will be will be challenging there. But I definitely really like uh, to ski in Tayton Bowl as well as um, Millennium. And so Millennium is over... Um, on the second chair and it's just a really steep run that goes all the way down to the triple chair which is um it's a little bit down lower near the golf course and uh, millennium's just a really steep long run so it gets the legs burning for sure
0: yeah it's just an amazing mountain uh, right mm-hmm. now and you know, what's, what's the, what's the season like, uh, when, when does skiing really get off the ground in panorama and how long does it last into the spring?
1: Um, it start, I mean, opening day, kind of, you already get a good sense. You can pretty much go everywhere and that's, uh, sort of mid December, um, for, for at least the public. Um, I mean, I've spent a lot of time training there as a racer, so we would go, in November. And I would just spend a lot of time on the first two chairs, just, you know, training, doing groomers. Um, but they pretty much have skiing all the way till the springtime and they have a really fun, um, kind of end of the season there with the slush cup. And, you know, it's just always fun skiing in the warm, (laughs) in the warm spring days. And then you have a, you can have a beer on the patio after, and you're in the sun. Yeah, it's just a good time.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the village. And uh, there's a, an amazing ski village right at the base of the mountain. What's the vibe in the village like? Uh, and that's pretty much the destination for anybody coming to ski at Panorama or ride at Panorama. That's really the place to stay. Tell us a little bit about the vibe in the village at the bottom of the mountain.
1: Well, it's pretty nice. You can. It's a cozy, cozy vibe. Um, very family friendly. There's a lot of families at uh, Panorama. With the, you know, there's some nice pools that you can relax at after, and there's some good restaurants. And it's just, uh, I think, for like my age, it's it's kind of fun to go down uh, to the tea bar afterward. And so that's just like a little après spot. But I would just go there
0: so let's be clear the t-bar is not a lift it's an actual bar
1: (laughs) yeah the t-bar is there's no t-bars on the mountain actually other than the bar
0: it it sounds like a great spot um the mountain's pretty kid-friendly as well isn't it
1: yeah it is yeah there's uh there's a little bit of everything there so and there's a good kind of progression so there's one chair that's just very flat and kid-friendly easy to get on it's a little bit slower so You know, it's not a huge step going from a palma to, like, the mile one chair. It's kind of an in-between, so it's a good progression.
0: Any restaurant suggestions for us in the village?
1: Mm, I mean, if you're not at the T-Bar and you want to do a little bit more, uh, like, dining, I would say Alto. And they just got a brand-new pizza oven. And I'm a big pizza fan, so (laughs) that's that's always going to be be my...
0: (laughs) I think all skiers and snowboarders are pizza fans. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's the role.
0: So, so we're going we're gonna to wrap things up here with a little uh, section that we call collective dreams to uh, kind of nail you down, Courtney, on a few of your favorite things at, at Panorama. And I mean, the first one, we've talked about a lot of runs around the mountain, but if you had to pick one favorite run for you, what would that run be at, at Panorama? Mm, I
1: think I would pick B first.
0: And B first, that's up in uh, Tainton Bowl?
1: Yeah, that's in the Tatum Bowl.
0: And what do you like about B first? Actually, first of all, why is it called B first?
1: You know, I, I couldn't tell you, but I know there is a B second right after it. <laughs> okay,
0: we're going to go with B first. But yeah. <laughs> j- but just give us a sense of, you know, what's the sensation? What's the feeling for you when you drop down into B first?
1: Uh, I think what I like about it is it really feels like you're at the top. You know, you, there's a view to the left of you and there's a view to the right of you. Like there's you really, you're at the top. And when you drop in, the trees are kind of um, a little bit more spread out there. So there's a little bit more room to ski a little bit faster. And they are those big, um, tall trees that are kind of dead. And it's just a really cool feeling up there. It's, uh, yeah,
0: it's awesome. I love those old trees up on mm-hmm. mountains. You know, they're just fixtures. Yeah. So, um, how about a favorite après ski spot in the village? Mm,
1: I think I have to stick with the the t bar. Getting some nachos and a and a beer after after a big ski day is pretty top notch.
0: And how about a secret spot on the mountain? You have one, so, like maybe from your childhood.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, um, I think I would look forward to going here every single time I would ski as a kid and it's called the secret forest and there's a little trail through it. It's just, um, on the left side of old timer on the bottom chair. And, uh, there's a slide and a jungle gym and it's just a cool little tree fort that I thought was the coolest thing growing up. And I, I think every single Day we would ski with our group, we would beg to go there, and yeah, never disappointed.
0: <laughs> is it on the trail map?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know even know. I don't know if it is.
0: Yeah, you know, I love these. Most ski areas have these little hidden spots for kids that the kids are very good at finding. But yeah, uh, if if we had to give people directions on if you wanted to send the kids off to the secret forest, uh, where, how would you get there?
1: Um, so I think you'd have to go on old timer and then when you go to exit down to hay fever there's a little entrance there and if you there's a back route if you don't if you aren't you know four feet tall you can you can go down Fritz's, which would take you down to the triple chair and then just on the right side near the like the probably top quarter of the run you can kind of do a U-turn and you can see it. So that's kind of the way you get out of the secret forest as well.
0: Or you could just find a local kid and ask exactly. them, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. Beautiful. That's, that's probably your best bet, honestly.
0: I know there are many breathtaking views on the mountain, but if you had to pick one favorite spot we want to direct guests to, what would that be for that really spectacular panorama view?
1: Um, I mean... Being just at the very top of the summit chair, you do a full 360 and there's views all around. Um, No matter which side you go down is pretty much just a a gorgeous view. But I think looking directly down view of a thousand peaks is kind of the classic panorama. Or if you're sitting up on the at the summit hut, that's another little hut. That's a great place to stop for a coffee or a hot chocolate or warm up your hands or toes, um, or even for lunch. And they have a little deck there and there's some beautiful views just right off the deck. You can relax and enjoy it up there.
0: I want to be there. I want to get there this winter. I know. And so see these I, like, oh, I
1: want to go skiing right now.
0: <laughs> so, uh, one last question, I'm going to really put you on the spot with this one, but if you had to pick one word, one word okay. that really sums up, what that panorama experience is to you as someone who grew up skiing on the mountain. What's that one word, Courtney?
1: Okay. So this isn't really one word, but I think it kind of counts as one word and I would say winter wonderland.
0: (laughs) I love it. Winter wonderland. I will take that.
1: Okay. Awesome.
0: Courtney Hofus, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Uh, and folks, when you're up there this winter, if she's not on the World Cup tour, look for Courtney on the mountain and say hi. Courtney, thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks to Courtney Hofus for the mountain tour at Panorama Mountain Resort. All three of our resorts today have fabulous mountain villages at the base to help you maximize your experience on your collective trek. Now it's on to Revelstoke. You may remember this Canadian ski town from Warren Miller films a few years ago. The town has a great vibe and the mountain offers up breathtaking views. Just get yourself up to the Stoke chair to rack up some vertical. Our tour guide at Revelstoke is a genuine local character. Chris Pawlitzki works on the railroad, but uses every day off to rack up vertical, just as he's been doing for decades in Revelstoke. Let's head to Revelstoke Mountain Resort now and join the mountain tour with Chris Politsky. And our collective trek through Canada continues with the Inside the Mountain Collective podcast. And with us today, we are going to Revelstoke and longtime mountain ambassador, Chris Politsky. And Chris, thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective.
2: Hi, you're welcome, Tom. Pleasure to be here.
0: You know, you have an amazing mountain, and I've just been looking at this thing. And uh, we're going to get into the details of the mountain tour, but just what is the vibe there in Revelstoke around this big mountain?
2: Everyone's getting excited. I can tell already. The ski shops are bustling. All my social media is lighting up. Come get your boots adjusted. Get your skis done. It's uh, and you know when it's gloomy and dark and rainy outside, so that only means one thing: it's dumping up top, man.
0: Yeah, it's it, it is great to be up there, and I, I want you have been there for you've grown up there, so you've seen the mountain go through a lot of transformation. But give our listeners a little bit of your background at Revelstoke and how you've become such a passionate devotee for the mountain.
2: Well, I grew up. You know, I I've lived here all my life. I'm I'll be 55 soon, and I've lived here all my life. And you know, I started out skiing. Actually, we had a, a tiny little house on this big, huge lot. So they used to plow all the snow into my yard, and so I would hike up, like my first pair of skis at five years old. I'd hike up this hill and shovel out an in, run. My dad would help me or whatever, and I would ski down the thing and down the hill, and eventually led onto the ski hill when I could do it, and. You know, we had night skiing. It was just kind of a rite of passage. Like, uh, you know, I did the team sport thing—basketball, hockey—but you know what? You had to go away on weekends. And you know, I just loved the skiing. And I actually quit all the team sports, and skiing was a thing. And and that's really happening now here. All the kids—it's—it's it's really hurt the minor hockey in this town because the skiing. So many people are here for the skiing, and the kids—it's—it's it's a natural. Like, why would you drive out of town to go play hockey when you can drive ten minutes and be at the best hill in North America? So no brainer. Now,
0: just to to tease folks a little bit who are thinking of using their Mountain Collective Pass out there for a couple of days, how many vertical feet do you typically ski in a year at Revelstoke?
2: Uh, Myself, around a million. If I don't get a million, I'm a little upset with myself. I've got one of those app trackers and uh, I I like to get a lot. I can get for 1.8. I could almost get two. You know, guys that are retired or a skier that's here just for the winter, they're getting over 2 million they go like 130 days, they ski every day. And that's what a lot of people are doing in this town. Now they've come here for the skiing because it's one of the best hills in the world. There is just no other fact than that.
0: I want to give folks a little bit of a sense of skiing in Canada and using the Mountain Collective Pass. Uh, You can start at Calgary, as an example, and you can go to Lake Louise and Banff Sunshine. We had a podcast on Inside the Mountain Collective with them. It's worth checking out. Uh, That's in the Canadian Rockies. But we're heading west into British Columbia now, and you've got resorts like Panorama and Revelstoke and Sun Peaks. So give us a little bit of a geographical lesson, and what's the topography like there, and what are the mountain ranges that we're dealing with
2: okay that's a great question um if you flew in say if you came from calgary you would your first stop would be lake louise sunshine and those are all great places you would have to go south a little bit down to panorama but the thing with those things they're in the mountain time zone so you could ski those places have a great day pack up your stuff drive to Revelstoke, it would be like a, a fairly short drive and you could be eating dinner at the village idiot at dinner time proper ready for a full day the next day and all those mountains you say are great. Sun Peaks was my favorite mountain as a kid. It was fairly close to us. So before we had our big resort, we skied there quite a bit. But since we've got Revelstoke, I honestly don't really ski out of town too much anymore, Tom. Well, you've got it all right there.
0: Why go anywhere? It's right there at Revelstoke.
2: I can leave my house and I live on the other end of town and I can be at the top of the mountain, strapped in, ready to drop in in under 40 minutes from my, from my house
0: beautiful what's the mountain range there at revelstoke
2: Uh, we're in the selkirk mountains just kind of on the edge of the rockies there are more trees more glades not as steep and rocky as you get into the rockies they're a little bit more wide open but our mountains are you know they call it revelstoke the heli skiing capital of the world and just for the powder the snow the 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 excellent skiing it doesn't get any better
0: so let's go on a little bit of a mountain tour. So I've just uh, flown in, I've driven up to Revelstoke and I'm ready to go. You're my mountain guide. And where are you going to take me on day one at Revelstoke?
2: Okay. First thing I'm going to do is probably talk you into going to Love Baguette right at the bottom of the gondola and grabbing a little breakfast bagel. Like they're VLT, they're like five bucks, under five bucks. And it's like probably the best sandwich in Revelstoke. We're going to head up the gondola. You got to get out. You take a quick on dole up and then you get onto the main one. You ski down, you get a, get a, you get a couple hundred vertical and you ski down to the bottom of the stoke and you go up that. It's about 2,500 vertical up to basically the top of the mountain. And when you get out there, you're bombarded. Well, if it's not stumping, which we like it, you're bombarded with one of the greatest views that you will ever see. And you got to sneak your way by because everybody's taking their little Instagram photos and everyone's kind of spread out taking pictures and you got to make your way through and then you're dropping in for a a great day. You want me to tell you where I would go? Yeah, where are you
0: gonna go off the top of the mountain? After we've finished all of our photos, we're ready to finally ski. You as a local are frustrated because you just want to get out there and ski a bit. So yeah, what are the runs we're gonna drop into?
2: Okay, well, first run, because usually what they do is they're gonna be doing a little avalanche control. So I'm gonna head uh, skiers left down a run called Snow Rodeo. And that's a real famous, infamous run, however you want to call it. That goes from the top to the bottom. And it's, it's mainly groomed, but off to the sides, there is a playground, there is gullies for snowboarders, there is trees with glades and jumps and hits, and there's convenient road locations to, you know, my wife, she'll go down the groom down the nice soft groom and I'll pop into the trees and then pop out. we'll meet at the road and then skiing on another f- 600, 800 feet, and I'll hee haw through the trees, and she'll stick to her little groomers, and she'll get some soft stuff on the sides, and we'll just do that the whole way down. And you know, one thing I will say about our hill each run, like let's say Snow Rodeo, it's one run, but there's there's five lines. Well, Snow Rodeo, there's maybe three or four different lines, right? Every run has so many lines, so it's just a playground all the way. And then I would go back to the stoke, you know, 24, feet vertical. And I would just keep, I would stay up top for the first part of the day for sure, especially on a powder day.
0: So 2,500 feet off of one lift.
2: That's right. 24 and change. I think it is.
0: Yeah. What a, what a great, what a great opportunity. Now I'm looking at the trail map right now. And if you went from the top of the Stoke lift down to the base area, how much vertical do you have on the
2: mountain? Well, that's 5620. And if you took snow rodeo, you could take that all the way. It would just be a no-brainer. You just straight down the whole way.
0: This is amazing. I don't think there's another resort that has that kind of vertical nope. on the nope. on the mountain
2: nope. continuously. Most in North America.
0: So if you're just up on your own, just looking to get some vertical for the day, are you just going to kind of lap the stoke chair?
2: I would. I would stick up there. It's usually better conditions. You're. It's It's good. like especially in the spring, you could ski three or four different conditions you start a powder you might hit some harder stuff you get down into the corn which is which is fun by the way but if you want to just stay up top you're in the consistently in the snow zone and and you can just bank off vertical there's there's and the thing about our heel there's such great fall line skiing. like you can literally point your skis 10 degrees one way drop down you got an untouched run maybe not untouched but straight fall line and then again you'll just angle over another couple feet and you'll get another line straight back down. You got to traverse at the bottom to get to the chair, but you get a whole new experience and you're only 20, 30 feet over. And it's like a brand new run. That's, that's what I really enjoy.
0: One of the things that, that stands out for me in looking at the trail map is it looks like you have a lot of glade skiing. Is that something the mountain is focused on and really carved out some nice lines for you inside the trees? Yeah, they
2: have. When I, I used to work, there as a guide years ago as for the snowcat operation and it was fairly tight, gnarly tree skiing. But the resort has done a big thing over the years. And every year they seem to carve out a little more and a little more. And it's just our glade skiing is like I've never seen trees like that on a ski hill anywhere. It is awesome, the glade skiing.
0: So let's talk about some of the runs that are a little bit off the beaten path, some of the bowls, some of the hike to areas. Are since there's some places that we can really kind of get away from the uh, the 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 norm and really get into some amazing backcountry
2: situations. Absolutely. The North Bowl. We have a, it's called the Lemming Line. There's a couple of ways to get into the North Pole. There's one way that's quite easy. You know, you might have to walk for, or hike for maybe, you know, 20 seconds. And that'll give you enough elevation to traverse across, to drop into the North Pole. And you get a great, great skiing, great powder, great bowls. But if you want to hike, I think I've counted, I think it's 370 steps. It takes about, I don't know, seven minutes, maybe. And you follow we call the lemming line and you hike up a little higher and you drop into the higher drop off zone there and you can access the whole back bowl you can head over a whole nother bowl over another ridge into greeley bowl and that's just like an endless playground over in there you would not believe the stuff in there the shoots like they've had red bull did a competition back there one year and that's the real deal that stuff but you know for me you know i've done it all but I just like banging out vertical and, and that seven minute walk, there's, there's a, there's an extra run for me. So I'll just, uh, cause our chair is about seven minutes to get up. So I'll just bank out the vertical on the other side and- so I do, I do go over there, but I like get my vertical and it's so easy to bang it out at Revelstoke. Scope.
0: You know, Chris, I can see there's still a lot of kid in you and you grew up on this mountain. And as a kid, you were able to tool around, but the mountain is so much more, uh, there's so much more infrastructure on the mountain now with the lift structure and with the runs that, that you just are a kid at heart up on that <clears throat> mountain, aren't you?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I get that quite a bit actually. And it keeps you young, you know, it's, helps, helps life go by.
0: You know, I know this is just an audio podcast, but I can see in the background, you've got a little, a uh, little troll behind you. Uh, tell us the story of that.
2: Well, we have this weather station and I encourage people to go check that out. Obviously don't ski through it. They've got it guarded off, but we used to have this little, uh, I can hear a helicopter. Their guys are getting ready for heli skiing right now. I could hear the one pump going over my head. They're getting ready to get all their landing stakes and stuff up right now. But, um, we had this little, they have a little resort. If you look onto the resort website, you can see the snow conditions and all that. And at the, the weather station, they have this little norm and it kind of shows you the height of the snow. Like after a big storm, that thing's buried. Like you can't see it. And everybody, you just drop it. You're doing guys book off. They don't go to work. Stores literally shut down, gone skiing. Like, and, and it's all because of norm. And um, one year someone stole that norm. They broke in there and stole that norm. And then they got another one, and that one started getting re- getting stolen. So they just said, you know what, let's just start selling these so people can buy them, and, uh, and that will help. But then, get this. The original Norm, these people took him on a world tour. They went to the Antarctica. They went all these places all over the world and they documented it and sent pictures and then they sent the Norm back and I think the ski patrols, they have it back. They took him like on a two-year world tour. I might be wrong. It might have been a year but he's, he's now in the ski patrol shack. They they, they, they they sent him back and he's at Safe and Sound and uh, back at RMR.
0: Oh, that is fantastic. So Anybody that goes up to Revelstoke has got to find a place to buy Norm. Where can you buy Norm oh, right up right in, in the Revelstoke?
2: the gift shop at the, at the bottom of the- hill they've yeah they're right there they've got different sizes you probably get a keychain or whatever but yeah i we had to get one and i put them out of my deck when it's when i know it's going to snow i put them out of my deck and i take my own little norm shot because because that's a real thing on social media you wake up in the morning and then everybody will post a picture norm's buried in union you look at that first thing in the morning and you're you're out of bed in half a second getting ready
0: So Chris, if I'm up in the mountain with you, I know you're the kind of guy that just likes to ski and laps and build up the vert. But if I said, Hey, Chris, I got to take a break up in the mountain here. Where are we going to go?
2: Well, you know, there's warming huts all over, which are nice. There's a great little, uh, there's a day lodge, which has great food and it's big. It's got a little lounge and you can stretch out. And you know what? It is funny. A lot of guys, you know, you get up there in the morning and you start skiing and, and and, you know, and I will say this noon, from noon on, it's quite dead because everyone's, Tom, is simply bagged. They are tired.
0: So at the end of the day, après is an important part of uh, skiing, no matter where you go. So we're going to go down to the village. We're going to go down to town. What are some of the spots we might want to hit after an awesome ski day up on Revelstoke?
2: Well, that's easy for my family. We 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 love the Rockford. All my friends that come out of town, it's like we're going to the Rockford. That's the that's right at the very vill- bottom at the village, right at the bottom, fifteen steps from the gondola. Nice little restaurant. Really nice. Nice place. That's good. But I will say this. Um, at the top of the top of the gondola, they have a little thing. It's called Mackenzie Outpost. And you can go there and get a beer. They have little bites. And they've got a thing called the Smash Burger. And the burgers are incredible. They've got water. They've got washrooms. They're heated washrooms, which is really nice. So you don't have to come all the way down. So instead of skiing all the way down, you can stay up top and catch a little breather grab some refreshments, food or whatever up there right at skiing elevation, which is, which is really nice.
0: What's the town like? Uh, if you get away from the village, get away from the mountain, what's town like?
2: Well, the town is great. That's why I'm still here after, you know, 55 years. I love it. There's so many restaurants. There's so much outdoor activities. You know, it, it's thriving here. It's, it's, a great place to, it's a great place to raise kids. It's small. It's isolated. Like, you know, we don't have the big stores and all that, but we manage. We love it here. Everybody that lives here, they're here for a reason. They don't have to be here. They they want to be here.
0: We're skiers. We like to come to the ski towns. We don't need any, we don't need a lot more. We need a good mountain and a great town, and you've got that there. For people doing their collective track and going to a few other ski areas, what what are your distances to uh, Panorama and also to Sun Peaks? Well, Sun Peaks,
2: uh, it's probably I would say three hours. You know, like two and a half, a bit to to Camloots, and and there's a little ways out of Kamloops. One, one thing about Revelstoke, we're so lucky. It's like like I can look out my window and see it. It's right there. Like right? we're so lucky. The drive is so. We're lucky here; it's so close. Panorama, I, I honestly haven't skied there since we've gotten our hill. And when I was a guide, I did I didn't really go to town much. I skied here. My boss he wanted me out in the backcountry on my days off. And, uh, and now that we have our hill, I, I'm pretty safe. I'm pretty content right here. Before we get to our final
0: section, I just want to ask you: Do you have any advice for people who are coming out with their mountain collective pass on preparing themselves and kind of mapping out what they're going to do in their two days at Revelstoke?
2: Well, make sure your legs are conditioned and, um, yeah, take a look at the trail map and there, there is services. There's people you could, you know, try and latch onto a local, you know, even social media or something. And, and people are, people are happy to, to show, to show a good, cool guy around. People are happy to do that.
0: I, yeah, I was going to ask you if somebody comes up to you and say, hey, Chris, I heard you on the podcast. Can you take me up and make a few runs with me? You're going to do that,
2: yeah, right? I, I absolutely. I get a kick out of that. We, I, I've met so many people. I ski a lot of single by myself because I just I just go, go, go. And I ride up with a lot of people and I'll say, "Come I'll show you a run and I'll, I'll show my favorite line just to just to blow their minds right in there. They, they usually come back. They're pretty, pretty fun, pretty happy.
0: Love it. You're a great ambassador. We're going to close out this segment of Inside the Mountain Collective with a section that we call Collective Dreams, some of your favorite things. And we've talked about a lot up on the mountain, but if you were to pick one favorite, we're going to start with Groomer Run, one favorite Groomer Run up on Revelstoke, what would that be?
2: Snow Rodeo down to Woolly Bully all the way down to the daylight. That's about 440-something hundred feet. And there's so many nice rollers and crests, and it just it just keeps going and, and I, I get on that thing and, and there's hardly ever any people on there. And I feel like I'm in a world cup downhill. It's just, it's the best. I love it. Even my wife, she loves it. She goes a lot slower obviously, but that is a killer run to, to end out the day. We all even do that halfway through the day just to get some extra vertical in because it's, it's long, right? 4,000 plus feet, one run.
0: Yeah. So snow rodeo off the stoke chair, yeah.
2: right? And then, and then instead of going back to the stoke, keep going down to the day lodge uh, wooly Bully, Feller Buncher—you can't lose with either of those two.
0: Great. Now, if you had to pick one favorite, little bit off-pieced run, something a little bit out of the ordinary, what would it be?
2: Well, out of the, I have to say. It's not that out of the ordinary because it's close to the chair. You can see the chair, but separate reality is my favorite run, hands down. There's 10 different lines in there. They offer 10 different skiing experiences other than they're steep and they're deep. And that is the place you will find me all the time. And that's also coming off the Stoke chair. Off the Stork chair, that's right. Skiers, right Right. when you get up to the chair, you you head climbers left. It's right there. You can't miss it.
0: Best cup of coffee in the morning.
2: Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to get in trouble. The, the one that I make for my wife, how's that? There's so many, the ghost, the modern, la Baguette. We've got, we're we're blessed. You know, we didn't really get into the restaurants. Like we started to talk about that and I went a different direction. We have so many good restaurants, downtown Revelstoke. We were blessed. The skills really brought a lot of restaurants and, and ski shops and that type of stuff to the town. Before we didn't really have that. We had a small little mom and pop hill. Now we have the rest of the stuff to go with this major hill, That it's it's a great you can't lose. Village idiot. I where I take all my buddies that are from out of town. Emos is a great family restaurant that has everything from steak, pizza, hamburgers. There's endless. The 112. There's so many good places. We're blessed.
0: Where are you going to take your wife for a really nice anniversary dinner?
2: Probably the 112, the Regent 112. That's been a, a, a family staple. I've been going there all my life. That's a great. That's a great steak place downtown.
0: How about your favorite slice of pizza in Revelstoke?
2: Are <laughs> you going to get me in trouble? Um, we like Zalas because it's close to our house, so we'll get that for. But Village Idiot makes a great pizza, and that place has got the full-on apperé. The ski videos playing, the the skis on the chairs, the snowboard benches. It that's the that's the place I take all my go out-of-town people to all the time. Village Idiot.
0: One last question for you, and this may be a tough one, but if you had to describe Revelstoke. In one word, what it means to you, what's that one word?
2: One word, well, I would say rad, radical, but that's probably played out, so I'm going to say best. It's the best.
0: It is the best. You have had a great life there, haven't you, Chris? Yeah, I'm
2: so so happy, so lucky, fortunate to be here, and I'm staying here.
0: Great. Chris Pawlitsky. thank you for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. I know that the listeners are going to be looking for you when they take their trip out to... Revelstoke.
2: Absolutely. They can get a hold of me if they want. I could throw it out my social media. I, I love taking people. I get a kick out of it. So no problem. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Take care, Tom. Thank you. This is great. Chris is a lot of fun. Make sure to look him up when you head to
0: Revelstoke. For our collective trek finale, let's drive a few hours west to Sun Peaks, high in BC's Columbia Mountain Range. This is a big ski resort, second largest in Canada with over 4,300 acres. Sun Peaks is actually a collection of mountains all served by a central village located just a short drive north of Kamloops. Our guide for the day is my old friend, Olympic champion, Nancy Green Rain. Back in 1967, Nancy stunned the European ski world by winning the debut World Cup season title. Then in 1968, she went into Grenoble and won slalom silver and giant slalom gold. She and husband Al have been longtime sport and industry leaders in Canada, and they were among the early pioneers of Sun Peaks. Now let's join Nancy Green Rain for an insider's look at Sun Peaks Resort. As we continue on our collective trek through the Canadian Rockies, we're heading now to Sun Peaks in British Columbia, and with us today is the 1968 Olympic champion in giant slalom, Nancy Green Rain. And Nancy, thank you for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective.
3: Well, thanks Tom. It's nice to nice to be with you again. It's been a few years.
0: It has, and it's just great to catch up. Before we dive into what is a spectacular ski mountain, let's talk a little bit about you, and you... You're essentially a native to British Columbia, although you were born in the eastern part of the country. Uh, but you grew up in British Columbia and in the inland, and it's really a special place. The The snow is a little better. The mountains are crisp and majestic against the blue sky. What is that feeling that you grew up with in British Columbia?
3: You're right, Tom. Um, the ski areas around the interior of B.C. have always been special. I grew up in a place called Rossland. And Red Mountain is the mountain there. And the um, it was like in California with the gold rush people um, or gold miners starting skiing. We had the Canadian ski championships in 1897 and had many people join the beyond the Olympic team over the years. So I grew up with competition and I saw it as a way to see the world.
0: And you did see quite a bit of the world. Now, let's go back to 1968, a memorable Olympics. That was Jean-Claude Keeley from France. And you brought home a gold medal to Canada. And you must have been on top of the world then.
3: Yeah, no, I was. Um, I raced uh, nine years with the national team. I went to three Olympics. And um, I can honestly say I was inspired in my first Olympics by rooming with Anne Hegveet from Ottawa, who won the gold medal in the slalom. So I went on and raced, and then um, wound up winning the first World Cup in 1967, and went into the Olympics in Grenoble as a as a favorite, and uh, I thought I could win all three medals, um, gold medals. Nobody's going for silver. I wound up with silver in the slalom, gold in the giant slalom, and I messed up the downhill, and then I finally finished the season by winning the World Cup again, and uh, you know it was a very very special time. It was. It was amazing. Um, I was 24 years old. I sh- probably, in today's world, I would have kept on racing, but back then uh, it was pretty amateur, and I knew there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, so I retired. But I uh, had great fun. I enjoyed it, and I still follow the team, and it's uh, it's in your blood.
0: You know, you had you achieved the highest level in your sport, but I think probably what really has stuck with you. Was that sheer joy of being up on the mountain something that you picked up as a young girl in BC?
3: It's true, and and I mean, I'm very fortunate, and I didn't have a lot of injuries when I was racing, and I, I've stayed in shape, and my knees are good, and I my husband also loves skiing. He's very passionate about it, as am I. He's And we go out every almost every day at 8.30, and we're in the first 20 people in the lineup, and ski hard, and then go for a coffee at 10.30, and and then ski more relaxed for the rest of the day. So we still love to ski.
0: Nancy, you and your husband, Al, spent a lot of time in Whistler Blackcomb and then made a decision to move inland. And what were some of the motivating factors to bring you to where you live now near Sun Peaks?
3: Well, we didn't leave Whistler because we didn't like it. It's very successful, but it was getting very, very big. And we could see that if we stuck around Whistler, we'd have to be in the anti-growth brigade. And we like to be people who are pro-growth and and really have that uh, pioneer spirit so when we when we saw that um, Todd Mountain had been purchased by new owners and they were doing a master plan and ready to invest major money in the infrastructure to develop a village we knew there was a great opportunity so we uh, started looking at property there and wound up buying a site and building one of the first hotels that opened and I um, was asked to be the director of skiing and Al helped set up the tourism office. So we made the move, again, not because we didn't like Whistler, but we knew the potential in this area. It had been going for 25 years at the time and and had all kinds of potential, but had never been realized. So it was like an artist with a a blank canvas. The, The new owners were able to create a village that really works for skiing, and it's absolutely beautiful.
0: In this Inside the Mountain Collective podcast, we are taking listeners on what we call a collective trek, and we've been going across the Canadian Rockies and visiting places like Lake Louise and Banff Sunshine and Panorama and Revelstoke. What are the unique characteristics when you look at uh, what what you have there uh, at Sun Peaks? What are some of those unique characteristics that that really ring home as this? fantastic ski resort.
3: Um, Tom, I think number one is the size. Most people just can't imagine how big it is. Um, We have skiing on three different mountains. We're the third largest ski area in Canada. Whistler's the biggest. Lake Louise is second and we're third. In terms of acreage, we have over 4,000, almost 5,000 acres of skiing. And I like to tell people our capacity of the mountain could easily handle 15,000 skiers a day. But the busiest day we've ever had is just over six thousand, and we've got lifts, high-speed lifts up the mountains, and and you, you just ski. And the beautiful thing is the slopes aren't crowded, the snow is fantastic, the variety of the skiing is just amazing. The mountain in the beginning, Todd Mountain, it was called. It it had a reputation as being the biggest, toughest mountain around. The addition of the three of the two new mountains um, have have made a, a much a uh, more user-friendly type of terrain, but all of the mountains <clears throat> have skiing that runs good for everybody. So it's just a fun place to be.
0: You know, as I look at the trail map, and I always encourage listeners... Go to the website, uh, in this case, sunpeaksresort.com, take a look at the trail map and follow along as Nancy Greenrain gives us a tour around the mountain. But when I look at the trail map, it's this cozy little collection of mountains all kind of nestled together and all kind of funneling down to a central village. I mean, it just looks like a fantastic plan and offering skiers and riders some great diversity.
3: It's true. When you come up from the main valley, which is down in the gateway city of Kamloops, down there it's almost desert country. It's like going into Denver if you're going to Colorado, and there's no. Oftentimes, not a lot of snow. But when you drive into Sun Peaks and it's less than an hour from the airport, you're climbing gently up until you're at the 4,000 foot level, and you're in a valley that is just perfect. Um, It's got a gentle slope to it, so when you when they designed and built the village. You can go from any of the hotels in the village, put your skis on at the door, and glide down to the base of the mountains where you can go up the lifts. And at the end of the day, you can ski right back into all your lodging. Even the subdivisions that are around the valley have trails that take you back from the mountain runs, and it's easy to get back out to the, the ski area again. So the design of the valley development is really part of what makes Sun Peak so much fun. It's absolutely hassle-free holiday. You don't need to get in your car. It's parked underground.
0: I love that. Uh, well, let's, let's, take a, let's take a tour up in the mountain at Sun Peaks. So let's say that I'm a friend of yours and I've just flown in for a couple of days on my mountain collective pass. Where's the first place you're going to take me as a newcomer to Sun Peaks Resort?
3: Well, I'm assuming you've come from eastern Canada or eastern U.S. and you're on a different time zone and you're wide awake in the morning and I'll say, we're going to be the first in the line. And there is a lineup at 8.30 because a lot of the locals want to go, but it's probably about four minutes long at the most. But anyway, I'll go up Sundance chairlift. It opens at 8.30, opens half an hour before the other one, and we'll do a few warm-up runs on some really nice rolling blue terrain. It'll be fresh corduroy. We'll be just ripping. And then at 9 o'clock, the lifts open for Todd Mountain itself up the Sunburst Ridge. So we'll get in the Sunburst Express and go up and I will have studied the map and every day there's different runs are groomed. So you get to know sort of a pattern. My my first choice is to go right up to the very top and head for a run called Spillway. It's a black run that goes down the upper east side of the mountain. Always got good snow, great visibility. You can see the trees go right up to the top of the mountain on the upper east side. The south facing slopes at the top of the mountain are beautiful, they're in the sun but they face south. Sometimes the visibility might be poor. You could get flat light there, but never on spillway. If I'm with somebody that's just an easy run skier, they wanna do the easy runs, instead of doing the spillway, I'd head down five mile. And five mile goes from the very top of our lifts at the top of the world and goes right back down to the village. So we'd work our way all the way down and then I'd go up again. I'd probably start to ski some of the south facing slopes on the lower half of the mountain. And there's five beautiful runs across there. They groom half of them every day. Me, you know, I go for the groomers. And you've got runs like um, Runaway Lane, Blazer, Cruiser, Exhibition, and a black run called Broadway, which is fabulous. And then you can work your way along. There's 13 different runs off the Sunburst mid-mountain area. You've got all kinds of choice. But at a certain point, I'll probably go down into the village and stop for a coffee. And then we'll go from there.
0: You know, one of the things as I look at the map is it looks like you have a pretty constant pitch all the way down. Is that the case coming off of Todd Mountain?
3: It's not totally constant. No, because Crystal Bowl comes down in and then there's a bit of a bench area coming down. And then there's what we call the south facing slopes. And so there is a change in terrain there. There's also a really beautiful run up at the top called um, the Head Walls. And that gets groomed now and again because we have been known to hold speed races down it. But basically, it's a really steep mogul pitch with beautiful, soft moguls. And that connects in back up the crystal chair, so you can loop around on that. So there's a lot of different variety. And what's kind of neat is if you're going down the south face, you're seeing one view. If you're going down the upper east side, you're seeing a completely different view. And then, you know, after I pause at that section i like to go over and ski on mount morrissey which is on the other side of the valley so what i like to do is uh, stop for a coffee around ten thirty, and there's some great little coffee shops that you can ski right into take your skis off go in have a nice latte or a matcha chai matcha tea or all the fancy coffees and then away you go and if you want to ski over to morrissey <clears throat> you go back up again up sundance and ski the runs that head off towards morrissey and eventually going over to the Morsey Connector on and Mount Morrissey has a beautiful high-speed quad lift, really funky, mellow terrain on the east side of Morrissey, and fantastic steep runs on the north side. When you come across the top and you head down some of those steep runs, we call that the laundry room. There's lots of people who don't like to go near the laundry room on our holidays, but if you're a good skier, it's really fun. So you've got agitator, spin cycle, static cling, uh, tumble dry, ringer, you name them. Um and they're 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 really fun. The views are incredible.
0: Um I'm looking at the map now, Nancy, and I like lint trap.
3: Yeah, I don't like lint trap. <laughs> lint trap I just is love a the names.
0: Yeah, well, that's is, why it's, it's called that. It's aptly
3: named because the lint trap actually comes kind of sideways across and it's a little too flat for the deep snow. So you wind up just kind of cruising on it, but the other ones are better.
0: What's a good day for you? Do you like a powder day or do you like a groomer day? All of them. All of them, I knew that would be your answer.
3: No, no, I mean, it, we, we, have, we have taught, Tom, we have an amazing system. We have electronic uh, grooming boards at the top of all our major lifts and when you look at that board it's got lights on it it's all done and the groomers as they groom at night they input the data into the into the system and it changes the runs on the board so if a tree falls down on a run and they have to close the run it's closed on all the boards and all the mountain instantly it's super accurate you just watch that board and and you know where to go um and what we do is we have we have a sort of symbols um, red of course is closed green is open blue is fresh snow and um blue a blue run a blue uh, light with a snowflake on it says it's been groomed but there's fresh snow on top of the grooming and that's that's magic you know you got six inches of dry powder on a on corduroy it's you, you just can't believe how easy it is to ski
0: One of the real signatures of the Canadian Rockies are the views. What's that view like at top of the world over on Todd Mountain? You know,
3: Tom, I have to tell you that we're actually not in the Rockies. We're in, we're the top of a massif in the, in the middle of the province that was scoured by the last ice age. Our mountains are rounded off more like the mountains that you get down in Colorado, Um, and less craggy than the Rocky Mountains and not as, uh, you know, the, the coast mountains were shaped by volcanoes. So our mountains are more mellow. They're, they're not really craggy, but the view is amazing. You can see for miles and miles and it's, it's wide. You feel like you're wide open and then you're skiing into this beautiful rolling terrain that's taking you into a valley. When you're in the valley, you feel like you're enveloped by friendly mountains, but I can tell you there's a lot of double black on those friendly mountains.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm looking at it on the map now. Let's, uh, let's look at the end of our ski day. It's upright time and we're coming down to the village. What are some of the spots that you like after skiing a hard day?
3: Well, the two most popular spots are Bottoms Barn Grill and Masses. And they're right at the bottom of the two main lifts up the, the Sunburst Chair and the Sundance Chair. So most people go down and they funnel in there, but there's, you can, you can come down and ski into the upper part of the village and have a lot of nice apres ski, um, skiing down to Morse's pub, for instance, a lot of fun. So there's a lot of different variety in, and, you know, for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I go into masses and bottoms because I'm looking for my friends, but most of my friends are in the coffee shop instead.
0: So if we're coming out there on a, a ski or a snowboard vacation, uh, we you have a full village there, so you can stay right at the mountain, right? Absolutely. And what's that experience like?
3: Well, uh, you know, I've had people say that it's the best place they've ever stayed because it's absolutely hassle-free. You literally, you know, you don't need a car. You should take if you're dry, if you're flying in, take a shuttle. You don't need a car while you're there. You can literally walk everywhere or ski through the village there's a variety of accommodation everything from um, five star hotels the beautiful grand hotel is absolutely spectacular to um three and four star hotels in the village a lot of condominium uh hotels so you've got um, breakfast facilities in your unit and all kinds of restaurants it's it's there's a there's a nice vibe um I think it's kind of um you know it's it's hard to describe the quality is absolutely superb but it feels cozy and small it doesn't feel commercial
0: well it just looks it looks so cozy when you look at the map and how that village is nestled in there Let's talk about how you get there. And we've been talking on the Inside the Mountain Collective podcast about ways that you can use your Mountain Collective Pass. And there are five amazing resorts in Canada on the Mountain Collective Program, or I should say in Western Canada. We've talked about Lake Louise. We've talked about Banff Sunshine, Panorama, Revelstoke, and Sun Peaks. Now, I guess you could pick up a car in Calgary and just kind of drive through the five different resorts ending up in Sun Peaks, but you can also fly right into Kamloops, which is less than an hour away, right?
3: You can fly into Kamloops, or Kelowna is another gateway that we use. The Kelowna airport has more flights than Kamloops, especially coming from Eastern Canada. But um, I would suggest for the Mountain Collective, the natural thing to do would be to fly into Calgary and then stop in Banff, ski Banff Lake Louise, and then go to Panorama after skiing there for a day or so, go on to, um, to, uh, Revelstoke, Revelstoke. And from Revelstoke, come over to Sun Peaks and then fly home out of one of our gateways. The beautiful thing about those resorts that are in the collective is it's a very easy drive after a day of skiing to get to your next destination, check in, have a nice dinner, go to bed early and, get up and ready ready to go. And most of the resorts in those areas have what we call mountain hosts. So your first day in Sun Peaks, for instance, you'd w- go down, maybe warm up on the Sundance for a run, and then meet one of our volunteer hosts that will show you the lay of the land. And it's especially important at Sun Peaks because we've got so much terrain that you might miss something if you don't go with a host.
0: By the way, is it called Sun Peaks because you get a lot of sunshine?
3: We do get a lot of sunshine. Somebody says it peaks out now and again. The sun does shine at Sun Peaks. We get a lot of sun. We also get snow, but um, um, we have three peaks, and that's why we named it Sun Peaks. To go away from the image that Todd Mountain had in the early days was as a big, tough, unfriendly area, opening up the the more terrain on the new mountains. We wanted to express ourselves as more than one mountain.
0: Well, Nancy Green Rain, we appreciate you giving us a little mountain tour. We are going to wrap up this segment of our podcast with a selection that we call Collective Dreams. Just a series of, I hope, simple little questions that will help guide our listeners a little bit more. And the first one, just a real simple one. What is your absolute go-to favorite personal run at Sun Peaks Resort?
3: Well, Tom, that is the most difficult question that I have to answer because... I have so many favorite runs, but I'll put myself, Al and I are off the top on a beautiful day. Where are we going to go? We'll either take a spillway or um, spillway and then cross over and go down the other way, and I might cut in through to a run that um, they, we don't even know if it has a name. I think they call it inner child, where you're going down through some trees and then you work your way all the way to the bottom. Um, that's one, but I've got so many. And you know one of the things I like doing the most? I, I'm on the mountain almost every day to meet our guests at 1 o'clock, just like Billy Kidd does at Steamboat. And I like showing people my favorite runs of that day. And where do they meet you at 1 o'clock? They meet me at the top of the bubble chair, the sunburst chair, which is the one that goes up to the mid-mountain on Todd Mountain.
0: Beautiful. So let's say it's a big powder day at Sun Peaks Resort. What's your favorite run on a big powder day?
3: I'd probably head down through Crystal Bowl on uh, Highway 22. Um, Do the headwalls, do the chute. The chute's really fun. Stay up top uh, for a few runs. And then the the amazing thing is we've got a lot of gladed areas. And the powder lies in on those glades. And even in the afternoon, you can find untracked powder.
0: How about your favorite coffee stop on the mountain or in the village?
3: That's easy. Um... Bolaka Cafe is right in the village. It's been there from the very beginning. It's run by a family, um, Polish immigrants to Canada many years ago. Their daughter uh, went to University of Utah on a scholarship, or one of the universities down in Utah on a scholarship, and is actually uh, back in Park City now. So um, th- that's a great coffee shop. They serve uh, Cafe Leveza, which is an Italian coffee and a real barista.
0: So, Nancy, you had an amazing experience traveling the world as an international ski racer, winning an Olympic gold and silver medal. What's the most memorable place that you've skied around the world? I guess I'd have
3: to go with Val d'Isere. Val d'Isere is amazing. I went there the first year I went to Europe, and I saw it grow over many years, and um, I've been back a few times and really do really think that's pretty amazing. But my second favorite would be uh, Zermatt with the Matterhorn. Uh, Kitzbühel, I got so many memories. I got, you know, the, it's funny, eh? There's so many beautiful places to ski in the world. But in the end, what it gets down to is the friends that you're skiing with, the the conditions of the day, and the vibe of the place. And I think Sun Peaks is doing pretty well on that score.
0: So last question, and this stumps a lot of people, but in one word, what does Sun Peaks Resort mean to you? In your heart, what do you feel, in one word, Sun Peaks Resort? I'm at home. Home. I love it. And, you know, even for the visitors, they'll feel at home.
3: They will. Sun Peaks is a community. We We have a municipal government. My husband is currently the mayor. And we have almost 1,000 people living here full-time. We have a school. We have a, a health center. We've had a fire, fire department. We've got all the things that communities have. And the people who live here have chosen to come and live here. And one of the reasons they like it is because they like to ski with our visitors. So it's very easy to meet the local skiers. There's no them and us when you come to Sun Peaks. Everybody's at home. And that's why we say, Sun Peaks, it's where
0: you belong. So if one of our listeners sees you in a coffee shop at Sun Peaks and comes over and says, Nancy, can you share some stories with me? Or are you going to oblige them and give them a little insight?
3: Absolutely. And then we'll go skiing. No, no, it's Love no problem. It. I, I, Tom, I really enjoy, still enjoy skiing. And I have so much fun meeting people from all over the world. And I'm looking forward to Sun Peaks being a big part of the Mountain Collective and to and to meeting people who've, who've made that special trip across from Calgary. So it's, I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's been great to catch up again. Olympic champion Nancy Green-Rain, thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective.
3: Well, thanks, Tom. It was great talking to you again.
0: Well, I hope our local mountain guides have inspired you to book a trip this winter. Remember, you get two days at each resort on your Mountain Collective Pass. All you need now is an airline ticket and a lodging booking. Just fly into Calgary or Kamloops, grab a car, and watch the mountains unfold in front of you. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Mountain Collective. Watch for more episodes coming up soon to help you build your collective treks. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. I'll see you on the mountain this winter. Are you ready to build your own collective trek? The Mountain Collective Pass is your ticket to multi-resort skiing or riding. Get yours today at mountaincollective.com. You'll get two days at each participating resort, plus 50% off additional days. It is the perfect pass to take just one trip and be able to ski or ride at multiple resorts. Build your own collective trek today. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered directly to you. Watch for more episodes of Inside the Mountain Collective, And I'll see you on the mountain!